Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. Listeners to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa, and uh, I will be your host this week. Wendy is not here, but we are here live at Bee Fest 2023. And my guest for right now is Kelvin Hatley. Say hello, Kelvin. Hello, I'm Kelvin. I'm here again. Hello, excellent. We have traveled across the wilds of Wisconsin to be here in Chicago. Well, Evanston. Evanston, technically. Yeah. Evanston uh, at Northwestern University, where B-Fest is happening. What is B-Fest, Kelvin? B-Fest is an annual uh, movie marathon put on by, uh, I forget what A&O stands for exactly, but it's, it's Northwestern's uh, student entertainment thing. It's essentially a marathon of, quote, bad movies, unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, that lasts 24 hours and, uh, you know, different values of bad. I mean, some of the movies they're showing this year, I think, are actually good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're showing X the Unknown, which I think is a great 50s era sci-fi thriller. I mean, it's a lesser Quatermass, but... It's, it's a lesser... It's Quatermass with uh, the uh, serial numbers filed off. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is Quatermass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's... Like American Quatermass. It's American Quatermass. And it's sad Quatermass, no. <laughs> uh, and they're also going to be showing Xanadu, which I've seen many times. and Streets of Fire. And it's, yeah, yeah, it, those are going to be great things to see in a big crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've all uh, loaded up with our snacks and our blankets, and uh, we are going to be here for the next 24 hours and hopefully uh, not stink up the place too much. <laughs> Those are false hopes, Kelvin. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be ranking here in a few hours. So 24 hours overnight, 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. It's a ride. Uh, it's been going on since the 1980s. Yeah, early 80s. Yeah. Sometime. Um, the last time I was here was 2020 because it was February 2020, right before lockdown. And then they didn't have 2021 because pandemic. 2022, it happened on a smaller scale. I wasn't here because of because of um, I was in uh, New York City watching uh, Elton John play his final show at Madison Square Garden, so that was cool. So yeah, it's been like three years since I've been here. It's kind of a homecoming. It's really fun and seeing all these people that I haven't seen in three years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of people I've met like online and became friends with and never actually met in person for yeah. ten years or something. And, and then yeah. I inherited the same friends through Kelvin. So yeah, uh, so yeah, there's a little squad of people from the B Movie Message Board 
that we kind of accumulate in the same place in the auditorium of the North Yeah, you're, you remember message boards? Yeah, back in the day. Right, right after the telegraph got developed, they had message <laughs> boards. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, we, it was on one of those things. We used to write it on post-it notes. Oh, before <laughs> post-it notes, there was just paper, and then we put we just did, in it. We just stood on a mountaintop and did semaphore flags at each other. <laughs> All right, what, do you remember... What's the first movie? The is? first movie is Gator. Oh, that's right, Gator. Okay, so. Uh, if I remember so yeah. right, that's. Um, oh, what's her name? Oh, I'm blanking her name. I can't believe I'm blanking on her name. Uh, one of the big B movie actresses of the 70s. Um, well, we'll find out. Oh, I, I feel like a dope now. Yeah. Well, uh, but we'll come back and we'll uh, record in between movies uh, and uh, we'll tell you play by play what's going on here. Yep. Yep. And maybe some extra people commenting oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah whoever's yeah. around you know especially like four in the morning you know it's like whoever's <laughs> awake we can talk <laughs> so, all right hey get up you're in a podcast <laughs> all right we'll catch you on the flip side of gator and we are back we have just watched gator which is exactly not the movie that calvin thought it was no i was thinking of gator bake which has claudia jennings in it this is this is a uh, Burt Reynolds' directorial debut. Yes, with uh, 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 Lauren Hutton. And uh, Jack Weston. And Jerry Reed as a southern mafioso villain. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it. It wasn't, it wasn't very good. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't know what we expected coming here to B-Fest and watching yeah. a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, but th th this is uh, ticking off the, you know, redneck exploitation box. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Um, and wow, there were there were a lot of boxes ticked in the. Oh, that ain't right. Now. Oh yeah, there's a lot of uh, uncomfortable things. Racism, sexism. Racism, sexism, under underage An prostitution. Anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism was more than the little. <laughs> Confederate present. flags, you know the whole uh, thing. The whole thing. Someone Richard Keel should have played, but Richard Keel wasn't available, so they just got some other very tall guy who can't act. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I, I was looking at this on Wikipedia, and apparently Burt Reynolds said, I think of myself as an actor's director. And I'm like... What does that even mean? <laughs> I'm not seeing a whole lot of... Acting? Acting. <laughs> um, I did like Alice Ghostly. Alice Ghostly was fun as a yeah. crazy person who insists on bringing her cats. On a heist. On a heist. Which makes no sense. No, no. Uh, and second unit director was Hal Needham, and, and it's like, oh, there's you a couple, don't say. There's a couple cool stunts in here. Yeah, there, there are. There's the occasional car chase stunt, boat jumping a thing. Yeah, you know that sort of Hal Needham stuff. But it's it's a very slow movie. Yeah. Uh, it has a lot of. You think like, okay, now it's the third act. Wait, no, I guess it's more like the fourth act. Maybe we're in the fifth act. Eighth act. Yeah, it just kind of... Ninth? Yeah, it just there kind of too keeps... Many. It just so keeps the, going on and the, on. The audience was chanting for it to end, so... Yeah, yeah there there was... Um, there's some quote by Burt Reynolds, and I think he was referring to this movie, that, like, he said his job as a director is to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. I don't think he worked. I don't think he... I don't think he, it works. I, think it works. Um, I, think, I think he maybe got a slightly different kind of shit. <laughs> Change chicken shit into I don't know rabbit shit or something I don't know. But. It, it wasn't fertilizer. No. It wasn't useful in any way. No. 
But here we are. But, uh, you know, not 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 all BFS movies are, like, entertaining bad. Sometimes yeah. they just wind up being kind of bad bad. Indeed. And, uh, that's, that's the dice roll you make. Indeed. But now we have Big Man Japan. Big Man Japan should be fun. Yes. I'm... I'm excited for this one. So, mm -hmm. we will catch you on the flip side. Yep. All right, and we are back after the uh, Big Man Japan. Ooh. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I was a little worried about this one because it seemed more of a, you know, modern day take on the whole B-movie thing than an actual B-movie or whatever. It is a very postmodern, almost character piece. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing about B-Fest movies is I, the ones that tend to go over well with the crowd are the ones that are that leave enough space for callbacks. Yeah. Because yeah. like, during this whole event, it's actually encouraged you to talk back to the screen. Yes. Yeah. So it's chaos in here, but Big Man Japan is actually legitimately a funny movie yeah. on its own. So people kind of simmered I, down I, and just enjoyed the movie. I, I can honestly say I had no idea where that movie was going. No. <laughs> uh, the the stink monster scene will haunt my dreams. <laughs> um, oh, the oh. ending is just my God! Wow. The comb over monster with the ovipositor. Yeah. 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 So, dear dear listeners, if you're not familiar with Big Man Japan, it's a it's, what's his name? Hitachi Ma Masamoto. Ma sure. Maramoto sure. or it, something. Marimoto. Um. Anyway, yeah. it's the same director as R100, which is one of my. Oh, yeah. Perennial favorites. Yes, you've shown me that one. Yes, yes. Hi, I'm Noel, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, we forgot to introduce Noel. Oh, I'm hi. so bad, I'm so bad. Returning uh, guest star Noel Thingball is with us, too. So Hello. Hi, hi, Noel. I love how half of this movie was lingering depression and adjusting a wig. Yes. Yeah, it's... Yes. It's like, what if your job was fighting kaiju, but no one respected you and you yeah. weren't that good at it? You yeah. weren't good at it and nobody liked you, yeah. And the and monsters are not so bizarre. Yes. And it, and it's, 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 like, it's like combining the yokai and the kaiju thing. Yeah, and it's, it's um, yeah. Uh, framed within a pseudo-documentary, so it's kind of all the little awkward things that probably shouldn't be happening on mm -hmm. camera. And, and, and I love how the CGI embraces the uncanny valley. Yes. To just kind of make that a joke in, in and of itself. Yes, absolutely. And and the monsters are bonkers. Yes. I mean, one of them's literally a leg with a face on top. It's yes. very yokai. And what I love yeah. is it's like a very photorealistic face on a very bonkers leg. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And just jumping around going, Sai! Sai! Yeah, or even the, the giant hug monster with the comb over. The comb on a very so photorealistic face again. Yeah, it, it, uh, uh, a monster that meticulously takes care of its comb over, yes. it, like flops over, and then it has to make the jerk to flop. Yeah, I, I don't know how to describe place. the stink monster, but I think you just have to experience it for uh, yourself. But what I love is all the, of it. You have to experience yeah. it for yourself. But There's, what I love is the attitude of the stink monster. Just kind of like, well, what? What are you going to do about it? Uh, <laughs> you just, you're just laying there ready to get laid, you know? Yeah, yeah. Look at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and and I and I love though. I think the reason why this played so well is it is it instantly drops you into a moment where you have no idea what's going on and then the audience just seeing how it unfolds yeah yeah beautiful it, like the scene with the baby yes. the baby scene. They, they, they saw that they, they saw that nipple coming and they were ready for it oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah the uh this this was filling the the usual kaiju slot in v-fest and it wasn't yes. what i was expecting at all no and, I, I mean yeah 
I don't think I've ever actually seen it all the way through, which means the whole last act oh, really you. caught me. Oh, wow. Oh, no. I'd, I'd seen almost all of it, but not the final, the final making the basket. So you, you, you seen know, it before, Noel? No, I've never seen this. Oh, before. God. Really? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm totally I, shocked. I knew of it. You were going to show us it once at yeah. New Year's, but we couldn't find a copy. Yeah, you know so much Japanese stuff, I thought for sure you'd see Well, this is one I, I held off on because I knew Melissa always wanted to show it. Okay. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I wanted to bring it out. It, yeah. But yeah, I, I love that, you know, right before it goes into the final joke, which we will not ruin here. No. Tim Leonard uh, shouts out from the back, whatever you think is going to happen, it that ain't it. Yeah. <laughs> And he was and, correct. And he was correct. I love how the North Korea monster had the tiniest little hands and feet. Oh, God. I, I love that the cat... Turned, I won't spoil everything, but... No, no. It's no. just... It's, just, it's that, bonkers. And it's, it's only... We're only two movies in, but there does seem to be a cat theme happening. Yeah. yeah everybody's all in on the pets. And this we, is the we year... got cats and dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dogs. And this, is, this is not the year of Night of a Thousand Cats, unfortunately. Okay. Well, I mean... Well, fortunately. I should fortunately. say that was a terrible movie last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this one was a good... I, I, I'm so glad to have seen it. Glad to have seen it here. And I appreciate that they're not only playing more subtitled movies, but that they're putting on captions for the English okay. movies, too. Yes. Yeah, yes. They, I think, That's well, a big improvement. Yes. They finally got, you know, digital projecting, and they yeah. realized it just... The, the traditional film thing doesn't quite work anymore. Well, that and, and uh, you know, at an... Uh, at an event where we're making noise all the yes. time. Yes, right, right, right. If right. you actually want to follow dialogue where yeah. you can actually do callbacks it's, to the dialogue. It's such an atypical film festival. And, yeah. and you weren't here They when they put in the disc. They actually had a trailer playing before the movie. Uh-huh. And it was some indie film about uh, the the Nordic people who conquered America first. Oh and the entire trailer was framed around this guy just chopping a tree. So it was like, chop, 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 <laughs> chop, chop. And the entire audience just started going with it. It was yeah. a really good trailer. It yeah. was a good trailer, yeah. Wow. But do we remember what it was? No. <laughs> it was like Northman, something like that. Northman, okay. Discovering America. Not, not discovering America, but like. But it was it was Nordic guys in America. Yeah. All right, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yep. Why would that be a trailer from Big Man Japan? I don't know. Because it was because it was a magnet release. Okay. Okay. Ow. <laughs> oh, thank you. Ow. No. I But no, this one was I think a, a surprisingly good fit for this. Oh God, it, it's a it's a great fit for the festival. It's not something that we would call back to. But like yeah. talk to the screen as much and it's, it's a good refresher so after Gator it, oh god Gator was just Gator was ugh. fun for the crowd but it was it was. I didn't realize I it wasn't. was two hours long oh too. god yeah that's a yeah and, and unfortunately they had a pan and scan copy yeah yeah which is too bad because yeah. when it occasionally went out to uh, the widescreen for credit stuff it actually looked kind of nice yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like two four five yeah yeah um, but yeah, it was, uh, it's been an interesting start to the festival so far. Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. been a strong start. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the crowd is uh, doing well, and it's not as crowded as I've seen it in previous years, but it's, it's more than but last it's year. a lot more than last year. Last year was so sparse and yeah. kind of sad, really, but, yeah. but hey, pandemic, and there was a big snowstorm last year, and yeah. that, that killed, yes. like, everything. Yeah, this is yeah. this is great. You know, the pandemic killed so many things like yes. this, or has changed them irretrievably. Yes. This feels like 
it's a return. And we got through the snowstorm yesterday. Yeah, the so snowstorm was yesterday. It's nice today. Today it was sunny, yes. Yeah, and tomorrow will be actually pleasant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But we're going to be in here watching stupid movies. Fuck yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> All right, uh, I believe we have X the Unknown next. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's, Dollar Store American Quatermass. Here we come. Schmatermass. Schmatermass? Schmatermass. Schmatermass. All right. Legit good movie, yeah. Sometimes yeah. B-Fest actually has legit good movies. Sometimes. They've got quite Sometimes. a few this year. Yeah. yeah. All right, and we are back on the other side of X the Unknown, mm -hmm. and I realized about two minutes in that I was conflating two of the Hammer Film Studios movies because the Quatermass Experiment with just the big X. The X, yeah. 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 Uh, that's the one with Brian Dunleavy as the American Quatermass. Yes. And then this one is Quatermass with the uh, serial numbers filed off because Nigel Neal got pissed off. Yeah. And took away the rights. <laughs> they were going to do a Quatermass film without him. Yes. Yeah, but so they got a, they got uh, Dean Jagger, an American mm -hmm. actor, playing a guy named Adam Royston, who is pretty Quatermassy. It, it, it's Quatermass. Yeah. Schmatermass. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this one's actually pretty decent. Yeah. No, I like it. It's it's it's, it's 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 got that kind of English stayed quality, but it, in a yeah, good it, way. It it has the Jimmy Sangster issue that I have, where he kind of his his plots are a bit of just plate spinning for a while. They can get a little repetitive. Yeah. Um, but it's not bad. It's not bad as a kind of riff on the Blob, before the Blob. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was something we noticed that this was after Chicken Heart, but before the Blob. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a very honestly, I would say it's almost like a very Shogoth story. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It, it is kind of a Lovecraftian, like, <laughs> horror from within the earth, yeah. and we don't know what it is. But also, I mean, it's Quinter Mass, and therefore it is proto-Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, and, uh, you know, it's good old, good old black and yeah. white, early yeah. Hammer Studios yeah. horror, you And know? it's a it's lot of right. pseudo-mumbo-jumbo about radiation and, and yeah. negating radiation, but it works. It works and and uh, one of the... Kids in uh, the movie was played by Fraser Hines, Ooh. who, uh, when he got older, became uh, Jamie in the second Doctor era on Doctor oh God, Who. That's who that was. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was also a really young Leo McKern. And a really young Ooh. Leo McKern who was. Uh, who would have made a good Quatermass. Oh, God, yes. yes. He would have been great. Yeah. Be better known uh, to most people probably as Rumpole of the Bailey. Yeah, also he was... Um, he's one of the big number twos in he's The Prisoner. He's one of the number twos in The Prisoner. And the villain in Help. Yes. He's and the, villain in Help. Uh, uh, Lady the Hawk. monk in Lady Hawk, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, but... Well, I, once you've seen his eyebrows, you never forget yeah. them. Actually, I know, it's not, it's not a bad film. And it's like if you watch it right after Quatermass Experiment, it's not a bad follow-up. Yeah. Before you get to Quatermass 2 and Quatermass yeah. 3. I, I like... This version of Quatermass better than I like the Brian Dunleavy one because it's like I mean not he's that, much that, more empathetic. It's much more empathetic, and there's something really that really doesn't work pairing Quatermass the character with kind of that Chicago cop yes. pairing that uh, Brian Dun Dunleavy right. has. Other than the fact that the actor's American, he doesn't have that loud American quality. Yeah, he's just American. Yeah, yeah I. Yeah. I don't know what else Dean Jager has done, but this is probably the only starring role he ever had in his yeah. career because he's mm -hmm. such a non-leading man type. You know, yeah. he's kind of an old-looking bald guy. And oh yeah, that and, and that's kind of one of the great things about Quatermass yeah. as a character is yeah. that you know, it's not a typical hero sort of leading role. Mm -hmm. 
I think this might also be one of the first gore effects of flesh melting off a skeleton. Oh yeah, which is, yeah. Which is yeah. pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty grisly for this era. That had oh, yeah. to yeah. startle the heck out of people at the time. Yeah, yeah. Did, uh, <laughs> did we want to try and address the adventure? <laughs> oh god, yes. that's right. Oh, I had erased it from my mind. Okay, eight, so short prior, film, yeah. prior to showing Quatermass, they're not Quatermass, X the Unknown. Before they started X the Unknown, they played a short film called The Adventure. And it's oh god. I, I, the way I, I was, describe I was it, actively angry. I was so yeah, angry. The way it, I described it, it was a comedic experiment in suspense, <laughs> but not successful. Ba- ba- no. basic, basically, a couple is trying to go to a national park to have a picnic, and mimes show up, and apparently there's like a a mime assassination, and the mime dies, and. That yeah. goes on, and it goes on for like three times too long. Yeah. Yes, that's, it, a, that, that's the problem. Like, if this was like a three-minute short, it'd yeah. be fun. You get the get the point, you make the joke, you get out. I think it would... This w- is... I, yeah. They held every beat. Oh, I, I think so it would have worked as a suspense thing if the couple behaved any way in a way I would think of as realistic or, to like having a mime just suddenly... A, a costume or on the road I, I like mean, that. Acting, acting, not realistic isn't isn't the problem because it it almost plays like a kid in the a kids in the hall sketch, but it would be again like a four minute sketch that they were yeah. dragging out to twenty two minutes and they don't have any of the acting. Right. Oh god. Because I mean, just, just the the way that they act in kids in the hall is. It was a it was so. a very strange thing to show at this event. It, does, the, it doesn't fit at all. Well, it's terrible. So I mean, yeah. it worked in its own yeah. demonic way. But it made me so angry. And then the... it just kept going on. The, the credits went forever, and at the end, it says, <laughs> dedicated to Antonioni and... And Bergman. And Bergman. I yeah. could see Antonioni, to be honest, just, but not Bergman. Screw you. Screw you, yes. I was so angry. Uh, it was yeah, pretentious. It, it's bizarre how many short films feel too long. Yeah, that's... It's such an ongoing thing with short short films films that I see. Well, that's the thing. You know, most short films are made by people who are just starting out as filmmakers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those people don't have a sense of timing yet or at all. (laughs) Well, it it did feel intentional, the the timing and the pacing. Yeah. But it felt like it was trying to do, like, the type of of comedy that David Lynch has been doing in the new Twin Peaks. Yeah. But they're not David Lynch. No, they're not. I'm not 100% sure it was intended as a comedy. I, I think it was intended as a comedy, but it was very dry and very drawn out. Uh, I think it was like a weird suspense, like what the hell is going on kind of a thing. But I don't know. I, Anyway, no one liked it. No, <laughs> no, no, um, no. It was actively hated, I think. Yeah. And X the Unknown is actually good. X the Unknown, yeah. yeah. Once again, I think we have the problem of movies being too good again. And it's kind of, yeah. <laughs> that's such yeah, a weird complaint. The, the but, audience settled down and actually watched it. Yeah. It's actually pretty I don't know. I think this one, it was a little bit of a harder one just because there's a lot of dry stretches of dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas, you know, Gator was just, there's a lot of active stuff to mock. Yeah. And Big Man Japan is just, what the hell? But yeah, um, Big Man Japan is fun. Yeah. And I think this one, we're all starting to feel that it's evening and we're starting to get a little bleary-eyed. Uh-huh. Man, yeah, it's, it's way it's too a, early to get bleary-eyed. It's about midnight. Because right? right now, dear listeners, is the big tradition. Because what we do every year is we watch The Wizard of Speed and Time, the short film, like five times over. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, because they run it backwards, and, backwards and, and upside down. It's a weird and, thing that they do. Yeah, but anyway, um, people rush up to the stage and they lay on their backs and they run while the yep. wizard is running. And then we sing the song, and then and then it's Plan Nine from Outer Space. Then it's Plan Nine from Outer Space, which shows every year, and it's like Rocky Horror Picture Show. There are lines you say back at certain times, and it is big time tradition. All of us in here have seen. We have seen this movie as many oh, times as we've been. Like it's together. about to start. And uh, yes, it's about to start. So out we go. Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friends, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, no. the mysterious, no. the unexplainable. No. That is why you are here. No. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence, based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places, my friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about grave robbers from outer space? Uh, hey, we are past the midnight mark and we have yeah. just watched... Land Nine from Outer Space for the umpteenth time. I believe this is like my 14th time seeing this movie in the last two decades. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I've honestly lost count because, I mean, I've seen it every B-Fest I've been to and I've seen it multiple times outside of B-Fest. Yeah, so same. I don't same. think I've seen, I haven't seen it nearly as much as you guys have, but I know I ducked out for about 20 minutes just to close my eyes for a little while. Oh, yeah. 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 It's getting that time. Good. Good choice, good choice. But yeah, uh, dear listeners, I know we've uh, described this in past B-Fest episodes, but if you're new to it, um, as we had described, it's kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show. There's like throwback lines that happen every year, uh, but I don't think we described how whenever a UFO appears on screen, the B-Fest audience flings paper plates up into the air. Everybody comes with like a hundred paper plates and they just fly into the air every time UFOs there, come on screen. In, in past years, it's like literally like a whiteout blizzard. Yeah. It wasn't nearly crazy. that You're, insane this year. but yeah. Here's my question, though. Is there a specific technique to throw those plates? Because every time I try, they either go straight down or straight up. No, what you do is you throw them upside down so the bottom side is That's up. That's why I tried doing so they that. Cut, so, and you kind of you know, fling them upwards so that they catch the air and then they go high and then they kind of arc away. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do, but then they usually just go straight up and hit Kelvin. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's the reality of it. Yeah. But, but also... You were I've, getting some good distance on them. I find it hilarious because, like, as you start the movie, everybody has paper plates, mm -hmm. but as the movie goes along the back rows lose all their paper plates because all the paper plates go forward and to the right. Yeah. Forward and yeah, to the see, right. See, I always try to throw them behind me, so... Like, yeah, I do yeah, too. Yeah. And it kind of... But it's hard to throw them behind you. 
But then there's also yeah. that five minute montage sequence where it's just shot after shot after yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah, and it's just madness. Interspersed in, with one guy standing there with binoculars. In past years, when I've had enough energy, I've like gone up to the stage and wriggled around the stage and gathered up all the paper plates that wind up in the stage and then run to the back of the auditorium and wait for the next UFO scene so I can fling them into the back rows and they can be recycled anew. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we need get, we need some plate caddies. We do, we do. We, we need to do like market research and figure out which is the best paper plate to chuck. The cheapest ones because... Well, you have to get the, the cheap ones. The so, more solid ones, they hit they you in hurt. the head and they hurt. They will hurt you, yes. <laughs> yeah, D- Chinette, no, they're banned. Chinette yeah, the plates are bland. No. Are out, outright yeah. banned. But yeah. Um, and sometimes people will decorate the um, paper plates with things. Some people like actually do it kind of while watching other movies and they put like yeah. references to movies already seen in yeah. them. Or like me, they, they do... Stupid. Extremely brilliant, no comedic pieces. No, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still proud of. They're, they're I, quite brilliant. I'm still proud of my first year. Uh huh. I decorated a plate with a drawing of Kelvin decorating a plate. Yes, that was that was a work of art. That was a true work of art. Also, there were uh, uh, the Beefest theater it's student union auditorium mm-hmm. which means there's a big stage in front of the actual screen which means there's opportunities for people to go up and do bits in front of the screen and so uh things that happened anew this year were um one person made a chinese weather balloon to go <laughs> yeah the ufos that was fun. and and that got brought out and then uh one of our group joel got up and yep. to do the science demonstration for the solonite <laughs> and it was funny. him with a pen light and a and a paper plate and it was well pretty good yeah. yeah yeah but the chinese weather balloon that was yeah inspired. that work went into that yeah <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. Oh. and there was the the guy who rolls the tire yeah, that's always fun. that's a perennial one. Anytime, anytime a, there's a car wreck. Yeah, anytime there's a car wreck, a, a car tire gets rolled across the stage. And there's always somebody in the front row ready with a flashlight to pinpoint whoever's <laughs> on the screen. Yeah. And that is a person doing thankless work, and I thank them. Well, and this, of course, <laughs> followed the Wizard of Speed and Time, which yeah. it, it's unfortunate that they still don't have the reverse and upside down anymore. I mean, they were playing Plan 9 off of a laptop, so it shouldn't be that hard to... The, They've had it I remember before. them. Okay, they, they they had to digitize Wizard of Speed and Time because the print was completely dying. Well, you can well, just, basically, you can just rip what's on YouTube and then just run it in VLC. VLC will and, let you and I, I remember them doing that previously. That I don't know why they didn't do it this year. Well, I mean, it's it's a you have to it, be ready for it. Yeah, yeah, and it's a student group. There are different people every yeah. year, so it just happens. But anyway, um, I believe the next. One is Children's of Ravenscroft, which Ooh. I know nothing about. I know nothing about I, it. Either. I know it involves children who wander around hugging adults and causing them to explode. Okay, I'm in. I okay. think it was distributed. I hope I can stay awake for that. <laughs> I think it was distributed by Lloyd Kaufman. Oh, that makes sense. 1980. I do remember the year. Okay, we're going in to see what's up with that. Well, we just got done with uh, Children's of Raven, Raven's Back. Raven's Back? Yeah. Raven's Back. A.K.A. The Children. And dear listeners, uh, we are now joined by Tim Leonard, as, as uh, also 
added to our team now. So we've got Kelvin and Noel and Tim with us. Tim is the uh, star-spangled mayor of B-Fest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, half of Fiasco Family Movie Night. Indeed. Yep. Indeed yep. he is. So, so what? how do we feel about Children of Raven's Back? Well, um... <laughs> I heard about this 42 years ago from one of my older brother's friends in grade school because he saw the trailer. And it was just never showed up on VHS, never really showed up on DVD. Uh, the print looked astonishing. Yeah, it looked great. Yeah, there were yeah. a couple of reels that were rougher, but it was, yeah. Yeah, it was still mm -hmm. really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yes, uh, this is the third movie where I didn't get to see it as a kid in theaters and then caught up on it decades later at B-Fest. It joins the August Company of <laughs> Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared Zinn, and Megaforce. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, so dear listeners, this is a movie. Wow. Uh, it certainly is a movie. It is a movie that we saw. Uh, Noel was correct in his uh, uh, prediction of children hugging adults and killing them. Only they did not explode. They just kind of turned into... They kind of semi-dissolve. Yeah, they kind of melted into the Toxic Avenger. And to so. be fair, I only know yeah. about that because Tim told me about it on Twitter like a week or two right, ago. Right, right. How did they cut the phones, though? They're animals, man. They're animals, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I don't they know cut how the they phone. cut the phones. The phones suddenly get knocked out in the town. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, they, they, they it's the second the... of three nuclear accident movies they're showing yes. at B-Fest this year. Yeah. They yeah. hugged the, the telephone pole. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I, would, I would say there's... Uh, I mean, that's the only part that's not believable. Yeah. <laughs> 3.6 Ronkin. Not I, great, I, not I, terrible. I would say... Um, it could have used a few fewer scenes of like the sheriff stalking around with an axe. Yeah. My God. Yeah. There was, there was a, a lot, lot of, of that. There was the basement. There was the chicken coop. Pick one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I, this is very much one of those like, oh, it's a first movie. You can kind of tell. Yeah. Yeah. But, but no. It, it, but it, I will. I will say this is a movie that is not afraid to slice right. children to bits. It's deeply yeah. transgressive. Yes. It's yes. competently made. Actual child and it, murders. And it commits stuff. to the concept, and it's not afraid to go wild. Yeah. And indeed, it does. I think it's just predictably formulaic. Yeah. But that, that's really the only. Yeah, it's pretty it. predictable. And it it bummer ending and everything because it was ending, made yeah. in 1970 10. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I think we would appreciate the film more if we weren't tired at three in the morning. I don't know. I think this is its natural <laughs> habitat. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's I, the it's next movie true. after My, Plan Nine. Yeah. What was I gonna say? Um, 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 crap. I don't. I don't. It's kind of Children of the Damned meets. Yeah. I just I, I can't get over yeah. the scene of the sheriff walking up to interview one of the moms who's like sunbathing yeah. topless and doesn't seem to care that much that the sheriff walked up and she like just she literally lights up a joint in front of him i'm amazed that that's the thing that bothers you well, I, no no oh no there's plenty of more things that bother me i was just but that was like a really well, startling well, her bodybuilder husband is own. just pressing well, weights in the back well, yeah well i think the crowning achievement is the final montage with you just like yeah. dismembered kids. Dismembered kids with the audio of a woman giving childbirth over all. And then I love In the midst of life, we are in the midst of death or something like that. Something, something. And, and then I love that they just didn't want to spend money on blood, so they're just like, they don't even bleed. Well, yeah. they, they if they tested their stage blood and it looked stupid, they were just like, okay, the kids don't bleed. Yeah. Roll, I mean, the burn makeup is pretty good. Yeah, right. honestly, yeah, and, and right. the, the entirety figured... of the monster makeup is black nail polish, which yes. is yeah. kind of 
appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> they got black fingernails, and if they hug you, you catch on fire, yeah. according to Kevin Davis, 1981, after having seen the trailer. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the only other thing is just for all of its buildup, a lot of the deaths are just off screen, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think they wisely understood you couldn't really show that much blood and the, the direct um, dismemberment with swords and things mm-hmm. uh, of kids. That would just be too damn much. And then also the guy just refusing to tell his wife what's going on, and she's just like, you're shitting the children. Yeah, but they're getting back up. That means it's serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's so, there's so much. There's so much. But we have Fiend Without a Face coming up next. I've seen it twice, so yeah. I will be... Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to survive. It's 3.27 yeah. in the morning right now. I'm going to we'll set see. the, the we'll timer see. on my, my phone for about an hour and a half, and I'll catch you guys yeah. in about right. an hour and 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I think I, I think I got a nap for right now. You know? Okay. Yeah. I've right. never made it through an entire B-Fest without sleeping. I'm not going to try to tough this one out. All right. All good. But All thank right. you for inviting me on board. Well... And I'm sure you will be back because there's many movies still ahead. Hello, dear listeners. We have uh, skipped a couple movies. <laughs> it, it, it's been a while. We, we, we've napped. We've well, some of us have. Sort of napped. Or yeah. So, had, had down <laughs> times of no brain activity. I don't know if I could call it sleep exactly. But yeah. yeah, true. So it's uh, me, it's Noel, it's Kelvin with this segment. And so um, I did try to do Fiend Without a Face. I got about halfway through and it's like, ah. I've, I, I'd now. seen it before. Well, in the first yeah. half is the slow half. I know, I know. But I, I kind of love Fiend Without a Face because it's... Once it gets to that second half... It, oh, it's crazy. I love the stop motion. Yeah, Fiend it's... Without a Face. <laughs> oh. Got no human grace. So, yeah, nice. so Keep dear listeners, up. there's like an, an invisible monster sucking the uh, uh, spinal cords out of people. And, and really, that's a selling point. And it's right stop there. motion brains with antenna. Brains with antennae flying around. Viscera. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a shockingly gory. Oh, yeah. 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 I need to watch it again. It's just uh, four in the morning wasn't the time for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after that was Boy Who Cried Werewolf. Yep. I saw like half of that. Yeah. I caught it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a decent premise of where. A boy is out in the woods with his dad. His dad gets bitten by a werewolf, and it's the kid trying to figure out both how to protect his dad while also stopping his dad, Okay. which is a good premise. The movie's just not that well-constructed. It's flatly directed. It was by the same guy who did Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, who had actually come out of retirement to direct it as a favor to someone. Okay. It's it's just it's kind of a waste of a good premise. It 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 felt a lot like a made for TV movie. Okay. Uh, but the, the the one sort of clever thing about it is that there are these, the uh the sort of exorcist kind of role in Instead the movie. Instead of the Romani people. Oh. You you get okay. uh, hippie Christians. Okay. There's like okay. a hippie Christian cult. Okay. That kind of take the that that kind of role. Okay. Which the, is pretty the hilarious. Lead, the leader of whom is the screenwriter of the movie. Okay. And it, it's actually they're actually the comic relief and source of exposition. Okay. Okay. That that was the high point of the movie yeah. for me. Was the the hippie okay. the hippie cult, but you know. And then uh, after that, we had American Ninja. Yeah. I had seen it before. Uh, yeah, I think all, all of us have. All I all I really remembered from it though was the scene where Michael Dudikoff and Steve 
James have a fight and he like taunts him by putting a bucket over his head. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, yeah, now I'll see if he can beat me and he still beats him because he has, even with a bucket over his head. I took a break for the first half because I think I saw it at your martial arts movie night a yeah. couple, couple yeah. years ago. I'm not really that big of a fan. I mean, it's a perfectly serviceable canon movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Dude, mindless it action. It, it, it kind of hits it, all... There's a remarkably... Uh, uh, the level of people... F- uh, killed in the uh, final scene is kind of yeah. glorious, but yeah, it's uh, 80s canon action. It, 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 it's like a super duper by the book canon movie. It like checks every canon box yep. you could have. It's including nin- Michael Dudikoff. Yes, ninjas. You know, America, rah rah rah, yay the military kind of stuff. And, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know. The romance thing and the stuff yeah, blowing up and like it's all just yeah. like yeah yeah. There's, there's not much to it. It's just a lot of excitement. Yeah, for all of it, I was sleeping on the stage in front of the screen, so yeah. mm. it, which was um, both uncomfortable and very comfortable because I slept right until the credits of. Uh, of American Ninja, so nice. that was kind of perfect. Mm-hmm. So, which means I was awake for Thrilling Bloody Sword. Oh my God, listeners! Oh wow, that was, that was a thing, and I'm so glad I was awake for this one. I'll admit I've been kind of zoning out of it, and my eyes are losing focus. Yeah, you should rest. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I am sorry. No, it, 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 but yeah, it's, it's um, 1970s Hong Kong. Not Hong Kong. It's Taiwan. Taiwan. Okay. Yeah, it's Taiwanese. It's basically wuxia fantasy tokusatsu version of Snow White. Yeah, pretty much. So we've got like seven villagers who uh, adopt this flesh ball that had come flying out of the cooch of the queen <laughs> and uh like they full just, cervix and everything yeah full yeah, yeah it, it's a it was like a mike and nikes except it was like flesh it was, and it was the wound product. still yeah. intact yeah it just kind of went out of the queen and uh so of course you know the king goes oh no what's this horrible thing and sends it in a basket down the river and then you know it's of course adopted by kindly villagers who Who are referred to as seven dwarves and they're the seven dwarves when they did scale them down i saw yeah Mm -hmm. and uh so the the prince the the flesh bowl turns into a little baby and they go oh how cute and they raise it as their own and so you know the princess raised in the wild she meets a prince from a different kingdom and by the way we're only five minutes into the movie yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> this is not spoiler territory. This is five minutes worth of yeah. the bonkersness. There, then, there's like and then evil Sar- wizards. Sar- yeah, Saruman and the Scarlet Witch show up. Yep, Saruman and the Scarlet Witch, and and there's a genie monsters. There's monsters. There's dragons. There's very flame, weird monsters. Power very, armor and swords. And, yeah, yeah. And, and like a, a sword made out of, of uh, like clear lucite, I think. Yeah. And, and, and a ton of. Uh, Illegally ripped off soundtracks. Oh yeah. yeah, the entire third act was the theme to Star Blazers. Yeah, and there was also um, the, the, the theme, I think I caught the Battlestar Galactica. The Battlestar Galactica yeah. theme yeah. showed up. And Moon River of all things. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think that the the dwarves theme was that funk song that goes you know money 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 <laughs> money. I forgot about the funk. I, I think yeah, yeah they, they had they had random, a funk theme. It was very weird. Randomly. They, they got the funk. So, yeah, wow, thrilling bloody sword, man. It was fun. I'd like to watch it again in a better mindset. I mean, being 
blitzed out of your brain is kind of perfect for it. But no, I think this is one I'm going to add to my collection for just what the fuckery. Yeah. Have you seen Thrilling Bloody Sword? Here we are. And by the way, not actually that bloody. Oh, no, no, no. There's like no, no. blood in it at all. I don't no, know. no, they didn't have a budget for that. It'd go well with Magic Serpent and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I feel like... Uh, this is an entire movie about Princess Dragon Mom from Superman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. So anyway, uh, we're we're we have a break now. It's uh, it is 9:55 in the morning, Woo! and I think it's breakfast time and possibly a raffle. Maybe. I, they, said raffle doing, they said they're doing the raffle after lunch. After lunch. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I a am. A couple more. Cool. I think I'm gonna hit the Starbucks for a pistachio latte. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll catch you after the next one, which will be Space Camp. No, boy. <laughs> I haven't seen since I was like six or seven, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, here we are. Yeah, we, we've got a one, two, three punch of what Space Camp uh, Streets of Fire and Xanadu. Whew. Yeah. It'll be a fun morning. All right. We'll catch you later. Yep. All right. And we're back after Space Camp. Camp. And this is the day that Noel learned that Joaquin Phoenix and Lee Phoenix are the same person. Uh, yes, I did not know that that was the same person. Little itty yep. bitty four-time Oscar nominee, one-time Oscar winner, teeny tiny Joaquin yep. Phoenix. Even back then, he lived in a society. He did. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that that's one of those uh, movies, like, I, I was too old for it when it came out. Yeah. 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 And... Honestly, I think if I had been the right age and saw this in the theater, it might have almost been a favorite of mine. And now it's just kind of like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's like, it's like a Flight of the Navigator type thing. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And this was 86, so I would have been four when this came out. And I probably saw it. I, I didn't see it in theaters. I probably saw it on, on ABC like when yeah. I was seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, it did make me really want to see Apollo 13 again. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I, just, it's I, a better movie. I, I've only seen that in the, once back in, when it was in the theaters, and oh, really? that movie riveted me. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. Totally I, great. I was surprised how much I actually remembered from when I saw it as a kid. Uh huh. Um, like, especially the robot and uh, Kate Capshaw getting injured yeah. uh, by the oxygen yeah. tanks. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite a quite a cast. It, you know, especially, yeah. you know, some of the character actors like Terry O'Quinn's yeah. in there. and. And there was yeah. one guy who was who I was sure was Jeffrey Combs, but it's not Jeffrey it's not Combs. Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> it's not alas. I know we all want it to be Jeffrey Combs, yeah. but it wasn't. And and I thought you know, and the lead kids, you know, Lee Thompson, uh, yeah. uh was it Katie Preston? Kelly Preston. Kelly Preston. Kelly Preston, Kelly Preston. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, um and Sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, I want to say the only real issue is that it's kind of convoluted in terms of how it gets the kids into space. Yeah, it, it's the dumbest. But, but the but the selling point is the great what if scenario of what if kids had to do a flight fly an actual shuttle mission. Yeah, and survive in space. Accidentally yeah, I, wound up in space. Yeah. I found it kind of interesting that the the sort of superficial party girl was actually like maybe the smartest one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like a weird thing I wasn't expecting. Well, they were they were all smart. You didn't have any doofuses on board except possibly the commander, which is yeah. you know, a, a commentary of sorts. And, and even then <laughs> he had to learn to rise to the occasion. It, yeah, he, yeah. He was basically the Chris Pine Kirk. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Though, though the ultimate message about how, you know, Leah Thompson had to learn that she's not the person to lead the mission. It's this loser. <laughs> yeah, that was a little 
kind of thematically odd. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and also the the John Williams score I think does a lot of heavy lifting. Oh, yeah. It does. In what's going on there? It and does. the effects hold up pretty well. It's nicely yeah. shot. Like given that they didn't do any actual zero G filmmaking, they actually did a pretty good job simulating yeah, that. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're having a problem with this B Fest having too many good movies. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not complaining okay. about that because it's, it, know, it's fun to watch. I know, I know, they're fun, but yeah. Yeah, I was, I mean, yeah, the only like super duper ridiculous thing we saw so far is the uh, thrilling bloody sword. Which is well, great. Yeah. Gator was definitely a, not a good movie. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't like Gator much, really. Yeah. And the, the audience just increasingly turning on the adventurer was, yeah. <laughs> That was that was a brief ride, but yeah. oh, what a ride! That was an absolutely bizarre choice for me, first. But yeah, it's like, at least you know, with yeah. with Space Camp though, it did leave space for commentary. Yeah, you know. But I mean, like when we recorded Thrilling Bloody, was it Thrilling Bloody Sword? Thrilling Bloody Sword. Thrilling Bloody Sword. I was half unconscious. Yeah. And this movie just kind of picked me up, and I'm just kind of re-energized now. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it puts cheer in our hearts, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. It does. So it's, it's kind it's of good to have a little good. variety into the, into the sky. Yeah. yeah. And it gets us in the mood for the, the 80s run that we have coming up for us, because we're going into Streets of Fire now. Which will be my first time seeing it. It's back-to-back 80s musicals. Xanadu after it. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? And yeah, then, I, I didn't realize how close we were to the end. I was like, the turn yeah, we're on, yeah. we're on the final three. It's afternoon now. It's yeah. 12, oh 10. god. Wow. Yeah, we're on the right? final three. I, I I lose all sense of time at this thing. Yeah, I mean, there's no windows in here. We're just enclosed in this wood panel auditorium. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, if I haven't started to hallucinate by now, I think I can make it another seven hours. Yeah. If you walk out of here, you know, sometimes the windows outside are bright, and sometimes they're dark. Sometimes there's students around. Sometimes there's not. Yep. It's just. It makes no sense anymore. Sometimes you can go upstairs, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're in space, sometimes you're not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, dear listeners, we'll catch you on the other side of Streets of Fire. Have you seen Streets of Fire, Noel? I just said no, I haven't. This oh, is my that's first right. Time. That's yeah. right. I've, I've, I'm running on a little low on sleep. Oh, I know. Here. I've, I've, I've seen it once, and it was a long time. But but I'm it's fascinated great. because I've seen a lot of the anime that it inspired. I know this is one of those <laughs> movies that became huge in Japan, <laughs> and so much anime lifted from it. Oh boy. Oh so boy. You're I, you're in for a treat, Noel. Yeah. So it's nice to finally see the source. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All I remember is like the two hit songs from it, really. It's mostly I, what I remember. I have the LP. Because they were they I were found on the MTV. LP. They I were was... on MTV continuously for a while. I did consider donating the LP to the uh, the raffle, and then I went, no, yeah. this is mine. Yeah, <laughs> I want it. Oh God, maybe it's raffle time. Yeah, raffle time. They at said some they were going to do it after lunch. Yeah. I mean, it's noon. Uh, that's noon. Seems but like... we did that. We did the ten o'clock breakfast break, so they that's might be true. doing one more movie. That's first. true. It might be a, like a two p.m. lunch. But yeah. anyway, whichever way we do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, dear listeners, we'll catch you after Streets of Fire. There you go. And dear listeners, we're on the other side of Streets of Fire, and we have Kelvin, we have Tim Leonard back, we have. Josh Shepard. Say hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. <laughs> and we've got Noel once again. I'm still conscious. <laughs> so, gentlemen, what did we think of Streets of Fire? Well, I sponsored it, so of course I hate it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> How about you, Noel? This was your first time. Yeah. Your first Streets of Fire. I love the first half. Second half slows down a little for me until you get to the, to the sledgehammer fight. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> Which is I, great. I almost wish there were just a few more stages in the journey to get back home. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it, it, it's, I mean, it's a thin story and it's thin characters, but the world, the way that it's filmed, yeah. the music. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Certainly. It's, Certainly. It, it is a world that it just kind of drops you right into. And I appreciate that. Well, that's another a, time, it, another place. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's something about Walter Hill stories specifically. There's a mythology of place yeah. mm-hmm. in all of his I've always liked Walter Hill, but I've never actually seen this from beginning to end. I've oh my always God. caught the, uh, yeah, I've always caught the sledgehammer scene, but it was cool to see how many uh, Walter Hillisms are worked into this because yeah. I mean there are definite echoes from the Warriors and from some of the other stuff that he's done. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and that was fun. You know, well, yeah, so, that whole like there is a theme to this neighborhood. You know, this one's the new wave neighborhood where there's guys hanging out with neckties, and the other one is like greasy skillet rockabilly with the biker gang. Yeah, that's like the bad neighborhood and the terrible neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. And we do get stuff on fire on two different streets. So yeah. streets of fire. Oh, yeah. there's so much abuse towards modes of transportation in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Cars get smashed wantonly. Things get lit on fire. Even public transport gets I, I, in trouble. I'm slightly concerned there are like fans of like classic motorcycles who were, were like having heart attacks when all those motorcycles got blew up in that one scene. Oh yeah. That yeah. that was a lot of there's a lot of motorcycle carnage especially. There's a lot of mayhem, but it's not particularly violent. No. Uh, there's a real sense of of not escalating things quite so far in it. Yeah. The the cop at the beginning says like I pulled him over when he was 19. He had a pistol in his glove compartment. Like, almost nobody has a gun. Right. I suspect Walter Hill wanted to avoid the controversy that came with Warriors when there were people that were kind of showing up in some gang fight. Well, I don't yeah. know if that, that may be more... Um, uh, maybe more myth than actual fact, but at the same time, I mean, it is a lot of style. Oh, yeah. I can't yeah. remember where I read it, but supposedly the Warriors was on a track to outgrow Star Wars that year until people started punching each other out in the theaters. Because yeah. <laughs> the Warriors is awesome, and people thought it was awesome, well, and then they I mean, didn't want to go to the theater. It mm-hmm. was. <laughs> And it was also bonkers, which is, this is very much the same flavor as Warriors. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many of of your listeners are like S.E. Hinton fans, but it was something that I observed in the climactic scene when suddenly you had the well-dressed kids and and the the greasers showing up. And I mean, all of a sudden I got a real distinct... Greet, uh, um, outsiders by that's oh, very or Rumblefish, yeah. yeah, very, very at the you know, very, very much at the end that shows. Oh up. God, yeah, that's all in the same that same I mean, genre, 19, and and also in the same point in time, yeah. you know, all these things came out in the mm-hmm. same few years in the 1980s, and it was very much part. Mm-hmm. Well, that was of, interesting because yeah. that was what something Tim observed, and I hadn't realized it is how much. It's of its time period, you know, because this is, you know, evoking, you know, both Motown and 1950s doo-wop, but in a very, very 1980s style. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. my, my mental shorthand for it was that that world had the 1950s three times in a row and then went to 1981. Yeah, that's yeah. about right. Like, they didn't necessarily have a 60s and 70s. Yeah, yeah, that that's about right. So, dear listeners, if you're absolutely clueless about streets of fire let me let me sell to you on this um we've got little baby Willem defoe in a leather apron and no shirt which is somehow creepier than 
even it, yeah, okay. and he walks and, out of the flames of the rescue attempt and yes. he looks like Satan and when he walks back in he looks even more like Satan and he's like dialed down Willem Dafoe he's not even like fully this is like pupil Willem Dafoe oh, yeah. he metamorphoses <laughs> into his full Willem Dafoe yes yes With a flock of seagulls forward peak haircut. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's looks glorious. like a cobra's it's hood. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, everybody has, like... I would love like, to grow my hair out for that, but I saw Bill Paxton's hair in the movie, and I know that's what it would actually look like. <laughs> but, hey, the, it was pretty perfect. Bill Paxton, Paxton's hair was perfect. Also, leaving, perfect. Yes, perfect. Perfect hair. Even, although, the small roles yeah. are absolutely perfect in this, too. Yeah. 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 It really is. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's actually there's some stubs substance with the style and there's oh, yeah. style in spades in this. Oh God, yeah. I, somebody was saying, style. yeah. Somebody was saying near me that this is one of the films that really embraced the MTV look. Yes, yeah, yeah. that very much moment. so the beginning MTV look. Yeah, everything is neon. Everything's rainy. And it's much more stylized than I'm used to, even from Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. True. Especially exactly. the the music video segments. Yeah. Yeah, but he hadn't gotten caught up into um, the forty-eight hours. That's when sort of there was a patented Walter Hill thing. But Streets of Fire yeah, broke with that very, very much. My, my okay. Well, let's wrap this one up. We're getting some uh, noise around here, but we're going to go back in for uh, Xanadu. Xanadu's next. Oh my goodness! Well, first, there's the the okay. prize giveaway and a lunch break, but then. Xanadu. Oh, that's true. True. Yeah. yeah we're getting sustenance. And I should probably get food that's yes, like you not. Yeah, I need uh, solid peanuts. food, please. <laughs> yes, food, please. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, dear listeners. Thank you. Catch you on the flip side. And here we are in Xanadu. In Xanadu. In Xanadu. Oh, man. Right? I have... In our podcast, Pleasure Dome. Yeah. In, in our, our podcast, in, yeah, Pleasure Dome. The, the namesake of, of the, the, the podcast. The Pleasure Dome has come to Northwestern University. Oh, and I, here we are in it. God, I have so much to say about this movie and my whole weird personal history with it. I'm trying <laughs> Everybody to has a personal history with Xanadu. I'm, try, I'm trying to condense it down. Um, I, I was and have always been a huge ELO fan. Yeah. And so when I heard there was a musical that with ELO music in it, I was like kind of lost my mind when I was a kid. But it was in and out of the theaters like in a weekend before I could get to it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and uh, so was Michael Beck's career. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I kind of never got around to it. And, of course, no one I knew was interested in watching the thing. Uh, and, but I had the soundtrack album, and I played it a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, and then I finally saw it, and years later, and I will confess, the first time I saw it, I hated it. <laughs> and then I saw it, and it was like, I, I, I kind of enjoyed it, like, like I... I you know, like it was a bad movie that I happen to enjoy, and now I'm, I'm I'm continuing to enjoy it more. Although I still see a lot of pretty bad flaws in it. I think the ending is way too protracted. Oh God, there's there uh, there's a list thing. of terrible <laughs> things a mile long about this movie. But. Yeah, but but I, I I do kind of ultimately enjoy it. I actually get pretty emotional by the uh, the Olivia Newton John Gene Kelly duet. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that actually really just, gets to me. Yeah. Just just watching. Gene Kelly in his final film do that lovely well, dance number. Just, just, just think. Okay, you got these guys, and even at the mall, trying on all the suits and everything. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You've got, you've got. I mean, it, it, Gene Kelly's still Gene Kelly. So yes. you, you've got the dancers and like the crazy sort of new wave makeup and stuff, but you just got to realize they're all thinking 
holy shit, I'm in a dance number with Gene Kelly. Well, yeah. <laughs> you well, know? I think one of the greatest triumphs of the the duet, be, the the dancing duet between Gene Kelly and Olivia Newton-John, is that the choreography plays to both of them. You know, she's not well. I can't speak to the dancing skills of Olivia Newton-John naturally, but she's not Gene Kelly. Nobody yeah. except Gene Kelly is Gene Kelly. But he is a gracious performer, and he matched her. He and matched they, they, they her, and, and it was lovely. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's and there are there are scenes that work like for as goofy as the. Um, the tubes in the '40s music thing. Yeah. You got your chocolate in my peanut butter. So I, yeah. love, I love when it Which merges. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's so silly and it's so over the top. Well, it works. What I really, I, I can't think of the guy who did the song writing who was not Jeff Lynne of ELO. Yeah. I can't think of his name, but I really like that when he wrote '40s era songs, they sound like '40s era songs and not like a guy in the '80s trying to write a '40s era song. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, which is, and and he and then he also does kind of the weird. I mean, it's a little aesthetically strange, but like the hard rock numbers. Yeah. You know, but but yeah, you know, it's kind of. He's a good songwriter. So here's the thing. Yeah. I've, I've probably seen all of this movie in bits and pieces over the years. Oh my God! Is this your first this time? My first time it? watching it front <gasps> to back. Oh my God, Noel! And again, I've seen like a bunch of the sequences before multiple times. The yes. Where I knew the Xanadu song. Well, yeah. Of course. Um, Honestly, the only scene that I re- that didn't work for me was when she just had her like three minute solo to the camera, just because everything just kind of stopped. Oh yeah, it, yeah, it, it and, comes... it, and it's and it is one long zoom yeah. shot, and it's, you know everything else it's, works. It's <laughs> late enough in the film that it really yeah. kind of screeches everything to a halt. And yeah. everything yeah, everything else works. The story works. The relationship works. The the well, whole uh, mentor. The, the old young relationship works, and and the musical numbers are really well put together. Yeah, I I just don't like it. The, the lead character. I can't understand. Yeah. Even, a, a muse who has been around for thousands of years, just falling in love with that guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Though I do love the moment when he goes up to the mural and he races into it. Yep. That's a good. Moment. Yep. Um, I. I and even for as excessive as the ending was, mm-hmm. I wish it was a little less. Let's do two verses of a song, two verses of a song, two verses of a song. Let me be a little more montagey. Yeah. You know, kind of get the flurry of it all going in and out of each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, goddamn, was that stage so beautifully? Right. Yeah. The, it's a wild sequence. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Like I have a memory of. I apologize. I have a memory of. At some point, like the stage turning around and ELO being back there, but was that maybe just a tie-in music video? That maybe. might have been a music video. Because I still something. remember it like being set in the big arena. Because ELO is, is not yeah. in, in the film. Per yeah. See, and that's where yeah. I thought that they were, but that might just be a music video tie-in. Yeah, Probably a music be. video or yeah. a, a segment they did on the Midnight Special or something. Uh, yeah, the, the, the rock band, the guys in Neon Orange are, are the... Yeah, the I know tubes, that. I know that. Which, uh, according to my mom, who was in the, in with the music people for a couple decades and saw a lot of huge, huge, huge acts before they were famous. Yeah. The best show she's ever seen, she still says, is the Tubes. No, the Tubes had a legendary live show. It was very yeah. theatrical. And yeah. They did a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I gotta say, I really enjoyed having a theater that just kind of like just chilled out and sang along. Oh God, yeah, and I love. The 
the audience was just kind of into it. Yeah. And and then there was the one cue line where it's, um, is anybody going to consider my feelings? And the entire fucking theater no. takes a cue. No! Yeah. <laughs> and, and I will say, I do still continue to wish that they had ended the night on either Streets of Fire or this. Oh, yeah. Instead, yeah. Of, instead of Blood Rain, which we're about to get to. Blood Rain's yeah, going to be Blood rough. Rain. Because Ooh. could you imagine just the mood of this being the finale right? to the night? And just right. everyone going out oh, on this big happy I know. note. Right. You know? well, I wish they would bring in some Gen X age consultant who <laughs> would just sort of like, okay, it's like... Structure the night. Structure the night. Hey, yeah. You know, they, they need to learn it's a learning stuff experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's we don't run the we do not run the world, Kelvin. Yeah. Gen Xers, there's only like eight no. of us. Construct- there's only eight or We're seven of us left. It's just constructive feedback. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a different uh, a different team of oh, yeah college folks yeah it's like a different time. it's like a every different year. group of like 18 to 20 year olds every yeah. year so so it's amazing that any institutional knowledge gets passed along at and, all and i'll still give them i really like the lineup this year i really oh, like it's, it's very fun and almost everyone has been something that has been fun to watch with the with the theater oh yeah, yeah. so who no, knows? maybe something... maybe we'll have fun with blood rain who knows uh, yeah eh, we'll find i have out. wanted i wanted a couple more just extremely wacky kind of things yeah but yeah uh, <laughs> like the movies were too good yeah no <laughs> x the unknown is like a legit good movie it is and and, uh, and fiend without a face fiend without a face face yeah. camp yeah. uh, oh do i want to call it yeah all right we're out of here we're gonna we're gonna watch some movie ball oh, now I, I gotta get up there <laughs> And we are back, dear listeners. We are actually on the drive back to the hotel. We are live in the car. Yay! Yay! Yay. So it's me, Kelvin, and Noel, the Minnesota contingent of B-Fest, wrapping up with Blood Rain. Mm. Uwe Bowles. Oh, my God. Blood Rain. Mm. Yeah. Barfity barf barf. Yeah, but it's over now. <laughs> and, yeah. and the most I can say for that movie is I will forget it utterly within yeah. about an hour. Yeah, no, it, it, it's amazing how dense and how busy Uwe Boll can make a film without any sense of, of motion or excitement. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot happening in that plot, but yeah, none of it was structured in a way that had any momentum or drive or motivation. And it was just, it, it, was, man, it was just such a jumble of stuff. Oh, the, yeah, the, and the, all of his movies are like that. There's yeah. just like... Uh, Sound and Fury signifying nothing. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. uh, I thought the costumes and sets were cool. Yeah, I mean, that's like really the only thing I can I, I can even focus on from that. Cinematography film. was competent. I mean, yeah. I, I, on a technical level, it wasn't a completely incompetent mess. It right. Was, right. It's it, not it, terrible. It's, it's more just, just how the story is put together. It is bland beyond belief. Yeah. And, and, and it's dull. Hard. It yeah, it's dull and um. Just kind of really, it, it, it's a plot that feels like it ticks check boxes. Yeah. And um, and it's trying to do too much up front in terms of basically doing an origin story, having to set up all these pieces of her origin story instead mm-hmm. of just kind of let's dive into it. Well, I mean, th- this is a movie f- for fans of the video game, but uh, <laughs> which I am not. But still, I mean, it's. 
Those fans weren't I, any happier with the movie than we were. No, no, they weren't. It's just, you know, it's a cash grab. Yeah. And the thing is, the way Uwe Boll makes movies is he makes them cheap, and he gets big-name actors because he shoots with them for, like, two days. Yeah. And he go, he's aware of their schedules and will work around their schedules. Like, okay, you have three weeks between filming this and filming yeah. that. Can we, uh, you know, do two or three days in here somewhere? And then, uh, you know, you get some extra money that you wouldn't normally have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe you get to spend a week in, you know, wherever they're filming. And Czech yeah. Czechoslovakia doesn't exist anymore. Stay on Czech Republic or whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's... And, it, it, and his... <laughs> Thank you, Siri. Um, but anyway, the... the the reason Uwe Boll keeps getting to make movies is they cost next to nothing, and they don't need to make much to make back their money. They're also privately funded in ways that can be written off as taxes. Ex exactly. Yeah, and yeah it's weird of, German tax law stuff. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of uh, German private funding. Yeah, and it's it, it's just cheap and shoddy. And yeah. I, I get why he has kind of this weird, weird cult following. Almost, almost a cult of personality more than people interested in his movies. Yeah, but I, I don't know. He just strikes me as an idiot. <laughs> he's I a smart idiot. He's a smart idiot. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's an idiot. Um, no, I think he's. I think he's just tasteless and tactless. He he's venal. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word for it, Kelvin. That's, he's venal. He's, he's he, venal. He he just want, he, he found a way to make money. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like all he cares about. And also yeah, gets it, to brag that he's a filmmaker. Yeah, and it it all yeah. I think you hit a, on it, Kelvin. These movies are passionless. Yeah. They a lot of low <laughs> a lot of low budget filmmaking is exciting when you get somebody behind the camera that is really excited about what they're doing and they are reaching beyond what normally would be expected of that budget. Yes. And, you know, that sort of verve and excitement and, you know, as they say in the menu, this food was not made with love in terms with, yeah. of Uwe Boll. So... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ben Kingsley is in this as the villain. And he's just as wooden as... And, yeah, it, yeah, it's like... I don't think he's even phoning the performance in. I think he's like doing the performance in some remote remote village that has like a phone in the next village over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Michael Madsen is in it. I mean, he, he you know, I, I, I'm spoiler, and I don't think anyone cares, but you know, he he dies at the end, and it's like the most no reaction no. death I've ever seen in a film. It's yeah. Like, and then Michelle Rodriguez is there as a rival who then becomes an enemy, but it doesn't really... Again, none of it lands. None of it has oh, yeah. any punch. Yeah. And, and I will say, I don't think Kristana Loken was bad casting for the lead. Oh, no. Yeah, she's she she's right. not an untalented actress within her limited range, and she's perfectly fine for an action And she lead. can do the physical stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, but story-wise... And then yeah. opening with the circus freak show and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah, just nothing. Like I said, I'm going to forget everything about it in like an hour. No, it just, like, he, he it, cannot make two scenes flow together no, coherently no. to save his life. No. I just, like, be like, and I don't think he cares. No, 
reminded me of that Korean film D Wars, Dragon Wars. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's yeah, just, absolutely. Just constructed in the most confusing way possible. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. So. No, no. Not nearly as much fun as Xanadu. No. That's not sure. nearly as much fun as Xanadu. I, again, had they ended the night with Xanadu. Oh, I right? wish they did. That would have been so great. We would all be out with such a buzz of positivity. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's gonna be a left on Lake Road. Okay. The. Um, the only other Uwe Boll movie I've seen was Alone in the Dark, which at least was unintentionally funny at times. Yeah, yeah. This is just... That was early, early Uwe Boll. This isn't... <laughs> like, Blood Rain is not unintentionally funny. It's just... It's just, like, you, you, you can't even find something to be funny about it. Right. You, can't, you know, there's just nothing there. I mean, maybe the one guy's buzz cut. <laughs> or, or or meatloaf being absolutely thrilled to be surrounded by naked Romanian prostitutes. I I bet that was part of his contract. Like yeah. I'll do it if you surround me by naked with naked prostitutes. Yeah. At least ten. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of weird cameo parts where it's like literally just a guy sitting there behind a, a desk or on a yeah. bed yeah. or something. And then Udo Kier showed up for a couple scenes. And, yeah. And like oh Udo. It was yeah it was. Just kind of... At least Udo um, didn't quite phone it in. I mean, he was given nothing to do. Udo never fully phones it in. He's oh, no. always Udo. Oh, he's always he's always yeah. present. And same with Meatloaf. Meatloaf brought Meatloaf. Meatloaf for brought his Meatloaf. moment of appearance. And then it became burnt Meatloaf. And then he became, yeah, leftover Meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. The little drippings that fall down on the grave oh. and become ash. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was crappy, and then I did just to believe that there's like two, that this studio allowed him to make two more Blood Rain movies. Good Lord, why? Well, and then, you know, do you know what he did with Blood Rain 3? Nope. So he filmed two films simultaneously with basically the same script and sets, and he cast, basically he would film the Blood Rain scenes first, and then he would bring in a fat actress dressed in Blood Rain's outfit and called the movie Blubberella. And it became a, it was literally the exact same story and scenes as Blood Rain 3, but with a fat actress to make it a comedy. Oh, God. Yes. No. That's what Uwe Boll did and called it Blubberella. I, I, I knew there was a movie named Blubberella. I, I, yeah. I forgot it was tied in like that. Yeah, oh, but it's literally no. Blood Rain 3 that he shot twice. Basically, like the Spanish and American Draculas. Ugh. Yeah, and uh, being German, he didn't have to worry about the Sulkin rule. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Uwe. That's... No, and... his sense of humor is just... Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, even Neanderthal se- terrible. And even setting aside his video game adaptations, like, I know he's made movies about a school shooting and movies about prison rape, and it's like, I don't trust him to do these topics. No! No. Not at all. No. So, again, it's it was just a... I, I, I can see why they wanted to play a Uwe Boll movie... Happy fast. It's, mm. That's not unfitting. I just I mean, he, he gets compared to like Ed Wood a lot. Yeah, like that, but Ed but... Wood had passion. That's yeah, a thing. yeah, well, he, exactly. Yeah, there's a chipper charm. To Ed yeah. Wood. I mean, Ed Wood is not crass. is not without being problematic. No, <laughs> but uh, but there's a yeah. charm, you know. And, yeah. and Uve's just crass. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like why I don't like Michael Bay. He's just crass. That's fair. But I'd say Bay's talented, more or more technically adept. Yes, yeah, Michael Bay is very, very talented yes. and not a person I like. But we're talking, yeah, we're talking about Uwe Boll more than we need to. 
Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. But I think the big thing was, I just wouldn't have ended with it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I probably would have put it uh, I, I, before the string of 80s movies. Yeah, yeah I, like right before Streets of Fire and then End with Xanadu. Yeah, it, or, or, or even like slot it between Space Camp and Streets of Fire. Yeah, I, it's it's an overnight movie. It is. Kind of like what, what Cull... It's a 3 a.m. What Cull and uh, Jason X were. It's yeah. A, it's a 3 a.m. death slot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like... that, it's the death march. It's the death march. Yeah. Like, oh, man, if it had uh, traded places with Fiend Without a Face, even. Oh, yeah. yeah. I I mean, Fiend Without a Fiend Face, a, Fiend without a face thing, would yeah. not be an ender, but... but no. But, but I, like, I feel bad that right before. I feel that feel bad that fiend without the face was in the middle of the night. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe one of those like kind of start of the morning ones. Yeah, yeah. It, it's inappropriate to sort of suggest this, but I always wish like me or you or someone else I know could like step forward and volunteer just as like a. A consultant, right? But, <laughs> as like, like, okay, you can organize it this way would be effective. It, it, Let the students learn how to do this yeah, stuff on their own. Yeah, it, it's valuable experience for them. Yeah, and and I mean, people that are younger than us uh, pick things that are occasionally surprising. It's like airborne. I did airborne know was surprising about. that one year. That one year was great. Yeah. Or you know, the, some of the stuff. That happened in the last twenty years. I mean, it was kind of nice <laughs> yeah. to get that one, uh, that one sort of lifetime. Yeah, that lifetime thriller. Uh, oh, that lifetime one. Well, with I the can't... boyfriend who then starts going after the mom. Yeah. Yeah, like oh. like like I'm dating a complete psycho, but I'm yeah. too stupid to realize it. Oh, dear listeners, I can't thing. remember what that one was I called. Rem- but oh. I, yeah, um, I mean, not the sort of bad movie I'm into exactly, but it was, it was a good thing to just experience. Yeah. 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 yeah, and it's it's more variety away from the stuff that the Gen Xers tend to choose. You know what would be yeah, fun? Yeah, and, yeah. You know what would be fun is at least like one, like Hallmark Christmas movie. Oh, that'd be or, good. Or say like an Air Buds style like direct-to-video animal movie. Oh my god! You know, just something I, just just out of the field of. Oh god, yeah. I mean, they played Talk Dog. Yeah. Like maybe 10, 12 years. They did ago. play Top Dog. I which... kind of liked watching Top Dog with the Beefest audience. It was it was kind of hilarious when when the dog was like literally playing dead, like like the bad guys were around and it kind of like pretended to die and then it would kind of like open an eye and like look around. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god. Well, I'm thinking like you know bring in Turner and Hooch or something like that. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, because yeah. there's a whole generation behind us that did not know Tom Hanks was a comedian before he turned into Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, anyway. I think that wraps up a fun experience. Yeah. I've been awake for 35 hours. Yeah. yeah. Noel's been awake pretty much the whole time. And uh, it, I had it two is hours. Kind of sleep. a personal challenge to see if I could. Yeah. I think I, I got two and a half hours. Or, no, no, it was more than that. It was more like three and a half. Yeah. But anyway, um, we are all looking forward to food. Our crowd gets together at Portillo's and stuffs itself full of meat. I am I am looking to get a fire hose of hot water blasted over my body. Uh, yep, showers are good. Showers yeah. are very good. I will say, uh, note to future Melissa, you bought appropriately for the food and providing for yourself this year. And what you bought was a, a box of Larabar, a, a bag of trail mix, 
some turkey sausage sticks, and three bananas. And that's all you needed. You did not need the box of Oreos. You did not need any of that other stuff that you buy in previous years. This was threading the needle. Dear Melissa, remember this. Thank you. <laughs> yep. It'll be a right on Skokie. Okay. okay. All right, dear listeners. We are nearing our destination, so we will leave you until next week. So thank you for joining us on our Bee Fest Odyssey. Thank you, Noel, and thank you, Kelvin. Thank you. Thanks for thank having you. me. And thank and you. Him and all yes, of us. and thank you to Tim Leonard and uh, Josh Shepard for joining us a couple times. And uh, that's it. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. You see? You see? You're stupid minds! Stupid! Stupid!